You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania and today with David Maxwell from Launceston. How are you, uh, David? I'm not too bad, thanks Jason. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you back again. Every Friday we have you with your program Amazing Love and uh, we're continuing that this morning with a title, The Least of These, but we'll talk Mm. about that a bit more uh, a little bit later. I will uh, just let our listeners know our show number. You can text us, you can interact with us, you can ask us questions, send us feedback, or take advantage of our free offers as well. So 0488-880-891 is our show number. That's just for Tassie Encounters. You can write that down and put it on your fridge, put it in your phone, put it somewhere where you won't lose it. It's a mobile number to text in uh, your codes or your questions or your queries. So 0488-880-891. David, you've been sharing a few of your experiences in life, your scuba diving and flying. What about your family? Have you got a bit more to share about your family? Yeah, I do. We come. From, I come from a, a reasonably large family at the time. We have uh, six children, mum and dad, in our family, and two of this, uh, our two sisters are adopted, and we just love them to death because it was the four boys and the two girls. Wow. And uh, the two girls in our life have have just. Uh, really, really reached out and showed impartiality. We're talking a little bit about impartiality today. They showed impartiality in the way they they ministered to people and, and they went overseas and both did a lot of mission work. One in particular, Lyndall spent about 13 years uh, working in Ecuador, sometimes up in the highlands, uh, sometimes down in in Quito and some of the other cities. And she spent some time in a hospital there and was, uh, she's a radiographer. And in those, in those island or those, sorry, those um, hilly uh, cities or towns, often they have villages that come and bring their children when there's some kind of defect with the child and, and their beliefs are such that they think there's something wrong there, uh, both spiritually and physically. And so they leave the children at the hospital knowing they'll be cared for. My um, sister being um, a radiographer, but in those places they, they just thrive on anyone who's trained medically, mm. um, they would ask if anyone would like to look after the children. And my sister being who she was, would always put her hand up and she put her hand up nine times while she was over there and she took on nine children and raised them herself she's not married um, but she raised them herself Uh, she built an orphanage and she really has a heart for the people uh, that that live there and she she learned the language very well and was very very accepted by the people that were there and I, I think her life is a reflection of our upbringing as a family. You know, we grew up as a Christian family, and in that Christian family, we were taught to respect others. Mm. And I see that coming out in my sister's lives very, very strongly in the way that she really dedicated her life, essentially, so far to to raising children, to looking after those who are less fortunate and really serving in a place that's uh, quite hostile to Westerners, actually. Mm. Mm, That's amazing. That's amazing. It's it's incredible how people give so much of themselves and their lives uh, in in service for other people. Yeah, I really respected what she did. Mm. 
So uh, a review of our last program just before we get into this one, David. Where, where have we come from and where are we going to? Yeah, we're looking at God's amazing love displayed throughout the Bible. And we, we've looked at it historically through the way he's dealt with Moses, children of Israel, the people around the children of Israel as they make their conquests. Uh, we looked at last week how sometimes that seems a bit harsh. But we showed that God was very, very patient with even those people and gave them all opportunities to be saved. Mm. So what we're looking at now is his uh, displayed amazing love through his impartial treatment. And we're jumping forward to Jesus' day. We're looking at as Jesus walked on the earth, what was his attitude to the people around him? And we're looking at the way he treated people impartially. And I've entitled today's discussion, as you've said, the least of these. Mm. So let's let's first pray and then let's have a read. Uh, I'll get you to read in Luke if you could. So maybe maybe I'll pray for us today. Sure. Lord, I want to thank you that we can come and open your word today. And as we open it, we ask for your understanding through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're reading from Luke chapter 17. We're just reading a small section that may be familiar with some people, might be new for others, 11 to 19. And I'm reading from the New King James Version, and this is titled in here, The Ten Lepers Cleansed. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Thanks, Jason. Lepers are not something we see much of today. But last year, 2020, I I think some people have felt the impact that lepers would feel in their day. So they were very isolated from community. We'll talk a bit about that more a little bit later. But they they would feel separated. They would feel... Um, isolated to the fact that they weren't allowed to associate with people. They had to um, walk in, walk, walk around saying unclean, ringing a bell or whatever they needed to do. And I, I, I had a little bit of, I just want to share a little experience I had last year that sort of made me think about lepers in Jesus' day. I had a medical episode in, in um, Wangaratta and they deemed it so urgent they had to fly me to Melbourne. So before, this was the whole, you know, around September, it was the whole COVID thing still going on uh, in Victoria. Everybody was locked down. And so I had to have, they they weren't accepting anyone in the Royal Melbourne Hospital uh, from anywhere unless they were COVID clear. Mm -hmm. So even as urgent as this appeared to be, 
they said, no, we need to make sure he's COVID clear before he can come. You're not going to accept him otherwise. What if we give him a COVID test? Will you accept him if he's clear? Yes, we'll accept him if he's, if he's got a COVID test. So they did the COVID test in, in Wangaratta and then promptly sent it to uh, Albury instead of uh, processing it quickly. Put me on the plane, flew me to Melbourne. Uh, I arrive in the hospital, where's your COVID test? Um, we've had it, we're waiting on the result. Okay, so we have to put you in isolation. Mm. And I experienced what isolation in hospital is all about. So they put you in a room, they shut the door, and nobody comes in unless they're all gowned up. So because they've got to put the hood on and they've got to put their, their, their overalls on and their gloves and the boots and they don't want to come in mm. unless it's absolutely necessary. So I guess you don't get many visitors and... and None. Uh, yeah. How long were you in there? Uh, I was in there. So that was on a Friday I came down and I left on the Monday. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a long stay. But for this Friday to Saturday, while we're waiting for this COVID test to come back, there was isolation and stay out of the room leave this man alone and uh, i thought it was it, it felt like i was a leper nobody wanted to touch me or come into talk to me or do anything i felt unclean you know so uh, they they i had a temperature that night it was because of the condition um and they they took another covid test and actually that one came back just half an hour after the next one both were clear and then straight away, everybody comes rushing in and every, they want to do everything straight away. So I can imagine only just a little, just a little, what it must have felt for these lepers in Jesus' day, you know, isolated, um, not being able to enjoy the intimate feeling of human touch, just, you know, just shaking someone's hand or hugging them or, or doing something like that. That, for me, is it was a real eye-opener mm. to what they must have experienced, not just for 24 hours, but for as long as they had this disease. We don't really know what that's like unless, I guess, we've been through something a bit like your um, experience there, but I guess some, there, there's a few other experiences where people would have to be isolated. But mm. by and large, we don't really know what that feels like, do we? No, we don't. We don't. And, and perhaps as we go through the, the program today, our listeners could uh, text in any response or view they might have on this issue as we unfold it. Uh, what do you think of this event as we look at the lepers and a couple of other stories? Was Jesus impartial in the way he dealt with people? If so, why did he choose this kind of method of healing as we go through and we look at three different stories? Mm. We're going to go to a break. This is Loving My Jesus, Casting Crowns. I was a wandering soul Travelling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest of my life Loving my Jesus Showing my scars Telling my story how mercy could reach you where you 
That same old lie Keep all your pain inside Cause no one will understand The last thing this lost world needs Is someone I'm trying to be The truth that has set me free Is that I'm just a Jesus by Casting Crowns and uh, I like that song because I thought it connected well with the one leper who came back and he Mm -hmm. praised God and I'm sure that in the rest of his life he shared that message with many other people how he had been healed I'm sure uh, so just before we go on our offer for today is going to be a book Uh, it's a free offer Hero of Hacksaw Ridge we'll tell you a little bit more about that later um, but uh, the book, yeah, really connects with the program today in terms of this, uh, the way that people can show love to others uh, in an, a very impartial way. 
Um, just a reminder too of our question before the break. What do you think of this event with uh, how Jesus healed these lepers and uh, his method of healing? What do you think of his impartial uh, manner there? So text us in 0488 880891. Hmm. David, now we've been... Uh, Reviewing this story, and I know you've got more to share with some other stories as well. Um, yes. So what else? You've got a bit more to share about this one, and then we've got two more stories. Yeah, we have. Well, I've got three stories I want to look at, and, and really these three stories show show me, and I, want to, I would like to share them with everyone, all of our listeners, how Jesus treated people differently to the way that people of his day uh, expected to treat people. And this shows his impartial um, treatment of mankind, really, and his great love for us all. Mm. Um, as I said before the break, you know, we just can't imagine what it must have been for a leper in the first century Palestine. You know, they were shunned and feared by people. Uh, they actually were, were treated as worse sinners than everybody else because they had this terrible disease. And then people of their day saw this as a judgment on the people who, who had the leprosy. So for some background on this story first, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem um, for the last week of his life before the cross. Um, and on, on the way, he goes through Galilee and Samaria and he comes to this village where the ten lepers are. Now, I'm, I'm sure word of Jesus has spread far and wide by now, certainly around Galilee. As Jesus enters this town and these, these lepers must have heard of 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 Jesus as a healer, a great mm. healer, and, and they cry out loudly, um, "Master, have have mercy on us!" Jesus, Master, have mercy on us! And and as they cry out like that, I'm sure Jesus must have felt the longing of their soul, their isolation, their their separation from humanity, almost. How can Jesus refuse that kind of a cry, you know, that kind of a, uh, a longingness? Because he came to seek and save the lost. Mm. He's full of mercy, and especially for those who are suffering and laid low by, by sin's effects. So Jesus' mercy to the sin-sick and shepherdless people was evident in that he healed all that came and asked. You can go to Matthew and you can see how he does that. He goes through cities and towns, and, and he heals everyone. I mean, just that's how great his compassion was for people. And, and, and it's hard for me to imagine that he would come to a place like maybe Launceston or, or, or Hobart. And when he left, there were no sick. The hospital staff were out of business. Can you imagine that today? It would be, be amazing. It, <laughs> it would be amazing, yeah. but it would be hard to imagine. Mm, it would be hard yeah. to imagine. You know, you go to hospital on any day of the week and there are people crying and they've lost a loved one or someone's critically ill or someone's having an operation or there's just so much sin, sin and sickness around. So Jesus hears them instead of curing them instantly, as he's done so often. He simply tells them, it's almost like he brushes them off. He, he tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Mm. So if, if someone had leprosy, there was a, a process they had to take. They had to go and present to the priest. The priest would inspect the, the sore, the leprosy. And if it was a certain type, if it had a scab or didn't have a scab, if it was red, if it was white, depending on, on what it looked like, he would pronounce some kind of outcome on them. He would say, right, go away and wash yourself 
come back and see me in a week. You know, it sounds a bit like doctors today. You know, go and take an aspirin and come back next week. Mm. If it's still there, um, no. But it wasn't quite like that. But they were, they were given a, a set of instructions to follow. So here it appears that Jesus is just brushing them off. Go and do what the law says. Mm. Go and speak to the priests. So, so, they, so they could have taken that as, as, you know, Jesus doesn't care. Yeah, they could have. Mm. They could have. But all ten... Off they go. Mm. They go off to the priest. So uh, heading off to the, the priest, um, they... It, they was, it was on the way that they, they became healed, apparently. They become healed, yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. So um, the, the amazing thing is is they would have already done this. Mm. They would have already been to the priest because this, this was part of the process. You go to the priest um, and he pronounces some kind of thing on you. Go away for a week or, you know, come back tomorrow and let's have another look at it, whatever it might be. Is there a black hair in it? Is there a white hair? So, so this would have seemed a little odd to them, but, you know, it's not time for us to go back to the priest. But nevertheless, off they go. Mm. So it's not really clear how many were Jews and how many were Gentiles or Samaritans in this particular group. We know there was at least one Samaritan, but it's interesting there's a mixture of both because of Jesus' comments later. And it's interesting also that they are associating together and normally the, the, the Gentiles and the Jews wouldn't associate together. They felt that the Gentiles would infect them with sin, if you like. They were worse sinners than everybody else. Mm. But here... Sin and sickness has leveled the playing field, if you like. Mm. They're, they're all in the same boat. Yep. They're all sick with leprosy. And if they viewed this as God's judgment, they were all being judged. Mm. So, so no longer were these the Jews better than the Gentiles. Well, the, both the Jews and the Gentiles are here together, the non-Jews. And, and they are all sick. So off they go to the priest, still leprous. Perhaps they're disappointed that Jesus hadn't healed them right there and then like they'd seen other people be healed. Perhaps only the Samaritan went with the idea that perhaps the priest would heal him. I don't know. I don't know. But imagine their surprise when along the way somehow they feel different. I can imagine one of them looking over to the other and saying, Hey, where's your leprosy gone? (laughs) Hang on, and looking at their own skin, and wait, my leprosy's gone. They're looking at each other going, hey, all our leprosy's gone. Uh, This is amazing. My skin's not flaky anymore. It's olive, and it's clear, it's smooth and healthy. I can imagine just how excited they were. I mean, can you imagine if there was someone who had AIDS? Mm. Now, AIDS is, is terrible illness. And it's not always brought on by bad living, sometimes through blood transfusions or other things. Mm. Um, it's not always poor choices, but it, it's, a, it's a terribly slow, wasting disease and eventual early death. Then after Jesus' touch, being completely healed and actually feeling completely healed, this would be amazing. Nine out of the ten must have hurried on to the priest to get their clean bill of health so they could join their families and head off to society again. However, one was very, very different. Mm. He was eternally grateful to the healer. This non-Jew, one that the Jews generally hated, this Samaritan, um, returns first to the healer to show his appreciation and, and this selfless gift of wholeness that Jesus has given him. And really, I think it showed his, his heart. It showed that he was really looking for the Messiah. He was longing for both the physical and the spiritual healing. 
You know, he wasn't just seeking the healing, but forgiveness as well. Mm. And, and Jesus commends this man for his act of worship, because really that's what it is. It's not just, hey, I'm, I'm healed, great, fantastic, let's get back to life. He goes back to the giver of life, and he says, I acknowledge that you're the one who's done this. I'd be nothing without you. He gives glory to God, as Jesus said, just for being thankful to being made well. Uh, and I think it's, it's clear that this Samaritan knew the power of God and he saw it in Jesus. So he returns to show those who are with Jesus. Um, could you, you can imagine there were people around Jesus who might have then had questions. Well, did they get healed? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't see them anymore. They left. Mm. Why didn't Jesus heal them right there like he did with the man who was blind or the ones that were crippled or the one that came with, with palsy or, or demon possession or all those other things? How come he sent these, these ten men away? Mm. And one comes back to give glory to God and show, look, Jesus healed us. And that's an amazing thing because leprosy is a disease that's healed over a long period of time, if at all. Sometimes it's a lifelong disease and, you know, limb parts of the limbs go numb and, and they stick them in the fire because they can't feel anything. They, they lose limbs. They, they hurt themselves, all those other things. It's a long disease. But here, here, they come back and say, Jesus has instantly healed. And, and I don't know whether the other nine remained healed. We don't know. We can presume they were because here I see in Jesus' actions toward these ten lepers that he saves any and all who come. Mm. Regardless of how they treat him, he heals both spiritually and physically. I see it in the life of Judas as well. He was willing to heal him. Judas wasn't willing to be healed or saved. So this to me demonstrates, this story demonstrates God's amazing love to all mankind regardless of who they are. It's it's interesting, isn't it, with this time? Because I know there's another time that Jesus healed a leper, and, and in that case I think it says that uh, he reached out and touched him. Mm. Um, and it, Jesus chose a completely different way this time. He, he didn't seem to go near them. He just told them, mm. hey, go and, mm-hmm. and do this. And Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Different, different, uh, different uh, methods at different times. Yes, that's right. We're going to go to our next song. It's called Living Water by Josh Cunningham. I was thirsting for that living water Drinking from a well that don't satisfy And I met a man whose words were like no other He said, draw from a well that'll never run dry He told me everything I had done He said, come and drink the living water Come and take from streams of life You will thirst no more You will thirst no more I was hungry for heaven's manna Eating the meat that perishes and dies And I met a man, he walked upon the water He said, come partake of the bread of life The bread that cometh down from heaven 
He said, "Come and drink the living water. Come and take the bread of life. You will thirst no more. You will want no more. There's a water that's pure." There's a bread that's true. There's a light that shines, and He's calling you. I was without form and void in darkness. All around me was trouble and strife. I met a man. He led me from my blindness. He said, "I am the light of life, the light that lighted everyone." Come and drink the living water. Come and take the. Bread of life, you will thirst no more. Walk in dark no more. In the dark, couldn't find my way. Looking for the light of day. All around me, trouble and strife. Eating the bread that don't lead to light. Clouds with no rain were filling my sky. I was drinking from the water that don't satisfy. I met a man who led me from blindness. Spoke to me in words of kindness. Gave me to eat of heaven's bread. Come follow me, is what he said. Called us to his sons and daughters. He said, "I am living water." You will thirst no more. You will thirst no more. That. Uh, was casting crowns and that's going to connect with the next story that we're going to move on to shortly but just before we do we're going to just uh, give you a little bit of information about the hero of Hacksaw Ridge and uh, I'll give you a bit more information later as well but this is the official authorised story of Desmond Doss it's the gripping true story that inspired Mel Gibson's movie The Hacksaw Ridge and I'm sure some of you may have seen it if you haven't it's well worth a watch 
Uh, when we go into combat, Doss, you're not coming back alive. I'm going to shoot you myself. This was one of his uh, colleagues in, in, the, uh, in the army. The men of the 77th Infantry Division couldn't fathom why Private Desmond T. Doss wouldn't, would venture into the horrors of the World War II without a single weapon to defend himself. You're nothing but a coward, they said, but the soft-spoken medic insisted that his mission was to heal, not to kill. We're going to give you a bit more information uh, a bit later, but um, it's a fantastic story and uh, a really amazing story of how a man... Um, really did show impartiality to many people in his healing uh, work at Hacksaw Ridge. So we'll talk a bit more about that later. Now, David, we've got a couple more stories to share, and uh, the next one is the uh, woman at the well. Yeah, we do, we do. And we've got a lot of noise in the background here in Launceston because we've got rain bucketing down. Uh, So We can't control the rain. (laughs) Can't control the rain. That's God's job. So, yeah, the second story I'd like to share, Jason, is one that some of our listeners may have already heard before. It's about the woman that Jesus meets, this woman that Jesus meets on his way to Galilee this time. As they stop in this Samaritan city called Sychar, and I'd like to read just a section. It's a long story, but I'm just going to read a few verses in John chapter 4, 5 to 10. It's uh, entitled The Woman at the Well. Let me just read a few verses. I'm reading from the New King James as well. So he came into a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, that's around midday. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, to give you a bit of background on who these people were, the Samaritans were a sect of Jews. That's like a separate group, if you like. So they were kind of Jewish, but the Jews didn't see them as true Jews. They believed in keeping God uh, Moses' law, and they supposed um, they were, they were supposed to, as they were supposed to, um, with the law. And and they believed the Jews weren't actually keeping the law properly. So you have these two groups in conflict about who's keeping the law the best. Mm. Even in this society, women didn't have much to say. And however, a woman of this nature, of the nature of this woman, uh, even less so, because she'd had a number of husbands or a number of partners. We don't, we're not sure whether there was some infidelity, uh, in, um, infertility on her part, and so the husbands would put her away legally, or whether she was a woman of low, low repute. I, I'm not really sure from reading the story, but I, and people have commented on it either way. But nevertheless, uh, she was looked down on in society. It was customary. We see this because it was customary for women to come to the well in the cooler times of the day. So either in the morning or in the evening, they would collect the water from the well and then take it back to their families. But this woman clearly wanted to avoid contact with others. She comes in the heat of the day, around noon. Now, I've been to the Middle East in summer, and it can be really hot. Mm. We were down in Laodicea, or Laodicea as many people know it as, and it was 40-something degrees 
in the valley and and that can be hot so she's out there in the middle of the day um, it's clear she doesn't want any contact with others. She wants the isolation. She actually longs for the isolation. Now, I'm sure you can relate to this because I can think of times when I've needed to connect with God in a special way and reflect on certain events. I've gone to the church. I've got the key, usually. <laughs> I've gone to the church at a certain time when I know there'll be no one there, and I've spent time in reflection and prayer. And so this lady wants to be alone. She goes to the well at a time when she knows I'm very unlikely I'm going to find any people there. And besides, men won't talk to me in public, so I'll be, I'll be safe. Interesting point in verse 4, which we didn't read, is it says here, but he needed, this is Jesus, but he needed to go through Samaria, mm. which is very interesting comment. If you head north from Judea to Galilee, you don't have to go through Sychar to get there. There's actually a much easier flatter way down close um, along the River Jordan, but the way through Sychar is more treacherous, it's more mountainous, but it says here that Jesus said he needed to go there. Mm. Was, it, was it perhaps because he knew that this woman was going to be there and he needed to save her? Yeah. He, needed to re- he needed to give her the opportunity to be saved and knew that she would respond. I don't know, but I think perhaps that's the case. I think so. Yeah, so so here Jesus says that he was only sent to save the people of Israel. Elsewhere in the Bible, that's what he says. But clearly here he shows that he was sent for all people mm. because he engages with this woman. He's also willing to save anyone who responds, especially a non-Jew, uh, especially a Samaritan, a woman of poor rep- reputation. Now, it wasn't... Kosher, if you like, you've heard that phrase before, you know, mm-hmm. meaning, meaning it's it. We seem to have lost David there for some reason. Hopefully he'll come back, but we might just go to our next song. This next song is called The Touch by Balsam Range.
was the touch by the balsam range now we have lost david i think uh, we've had a power outage or something up in launceston so we're just going to have to uh, keep going without him but i want to share more about this offer today this is the the book it's called the hero of hacksaw ridge by Booten Herden, and there's a little bit more I wanted to share about it. It says, When Desmond knelt by his bunk to pray, his fellow soldiers hurled boots and insults at him. Even his commander wanted to throw him out of the army. But when his unit arrived on the battlefield, the intrepid medic quickly proved he was no coward. One terrifying day in the vicious battle of Okinawa, dozens of Desmond's former tormentors lay wounded and bleeding atop Hacksaw Ridge. As Japanese bullets rained down, their fate seemed hopeless. But could one one unarmed man save their lives? This page-turner will keep you riveted to your seat as you discover how Desmond Doss became the first conscientious objector to receive the Medal of Honour. Desmond's dramatic, true story of integrity, redemption and heroism will inspire you to live by the courage of your convictions. And it really is a story about how this man, who even his tormentors, even his tormentors he showed love to and uh, actually dragged them off the top of Hacksaw Ridge and down over the cliff, uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, something like 70 to 100 men he saved that day on that one uh, difficult day. And uh, it's it's just amazing how through God's love and a, a real dedication to his faith in God that he was able to um, yeah, put himself out there in dangerous conditions and yet still save those who who really didn't... Uh, have his have his back earlier on in the in the uh, in the, his life and in his story. Um, so yeah, I really encourage you to to grab this book. 
I'll give you the code now. The code for today's book is AMAZING9. That's AMAZING9, no spaces, AMAZING and the number 9. Send that in to 0488 and we will get you a copy of that book. It's well worth a read. And uh, if you're more into, into uh, watching movies... It is a difficult movie to watch because, um, as as most war movies are, there's there's quite a, a bit of violence and uh, obviously graphic um, uh, material in there as as it's describing the battle up at Hacksaw Ridge. But uh, it's certainly a powerful movie of one man's story, how his faith and his love towards others uh, prevailed on this particular battle. So send that into amazing amazing nine. Text it into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. There's one other thing I wanted to share today that we were going to talk about with David, uh, but we have lost him, so we can't talk about it. But uh, coming up on the thirty first of July in Launceston and Scottsdale is a program titled Prophetica. I'm just going to play the the jingle, the ad for it, and. Uh, We'll have a listen to that and uh, I'll talk a bit more about it in a moment. Worried about the future? Where can we find security in uncertain times? Is there hope for tomorrow? Journey to lost civilizations to know where we are heading. Here, international experts reveal amazing discoveries in archaeology, current events and biblical predictions concerning Earth's future, your future. Prophetica is coming to Tasmania starting Saturday, July 31st. For tickets, venues and times, visit prophetica.com or call 1-800-77-2020. So this is an event that's going to be happening in multiple places around Tasmania. The first event is in Scottsdale on the 31st and then also in Launceston on the 31st. David Maxwell is one of the presenters. We also have Peter Watts and Pastor Gary Webster who have been presenting on our series as well on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They will all be speaking. In addition to that, on some of the programs, I think the ones in Hobart, we're going to have uh, Robbie Bergen come down from the mainland and he's going to be one of the presenters as well. Um, it's it, Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you the address. It's prophetica.com. Go to that website and you can get lots more information. You can watch the preview. You can get more information about what is actually going on there. We're going to have a listen to another song now. This is called All You'll Ever Need by Andrew Peterson. Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. He can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. It is like the leper's river Running humble with a power you cannot see Seven times go under Let the water wash you clean Only go down to the Jordan and believe Only go down in the Jordan and I need 
wisdom of the world could never conjure up a spark. No power of hell could ever quench this flame. No power of hell could ever touch this flame. was Andrew Peterson with All You'll Ever Need. It's a beautiful song that talks about our faith in Jesus and also that that concept of forgiveness. And uh, I guess that's where David was also heading in his program today, that Christ not only offered the physical healing, but also the spiritual healing uh, for that forgiveness of sin as well. And uh, we're, we're unable to get David back online. There's been some flooding up in Launceston, so uh, we'll just have to wrap up with some more music in a moment. But I will just encourage you to text in for this book, Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Amazing 9 is the code word today. Amazing 9048880891. You can text that in. And also feel free to text us in that question that we asked earlier. You know, what do you think of Jesus' method of healing here? What, was Jesus being impartial in his healing? Sometimes he did, did things differently. Sometimes he, he reached out and touched people. Uh, at other times he just said, go and uh, go and show yourself to the priest. It seems uh, interesting, doesn't it, that um, he had different methods at different times. and it, it, perhaps, it's, perhaps it's hard to understand why he did that. Share us your idea about that. You know, why did uh, Jesus show different uh, ways of healing at different times. Um, now, I will just also remind you about Prophetica. We just did that uh, promo earlier. Prophetica is coming up in Launceston. It's going to be in Olverston. It's going to be in Bellarive in Hobart and also in Hobart City. That's uh, 31st of July in Launceston and then... Um, down in Hobart, it's on the 7th and 8th of August, and I think in between it's at Olverston. So don't uh, miss that event, Prophetica, and you can go to prophetica.com to register and get more information about that. We're going to go to another song, and this one is called King of Love, and uh, it's a beautiful song. It really talks about Christ's love for us. Like if I am his, and 
I think I've got David on the phone. Can you hear me, David? Can you, you hear David. me? Yes, there we go. We've got him on the phone. How are you, Looks David? Like we had something flooded up here and can't we can't get any connection at all. Yeah, that's okay. Well, you know, we've made do. But uh, if you want to just give us a one-minute wrap-up, we've got a couple of minutes before we need to finish, but uh, one-minute wrap-up. Right. And, what, and also all what right, you're no going to share with us next week. Yeah, no worries, Jason. So, look, what we've looked at is, the way that God is impartial in the way he deals with people. There was, the last story was going to be the uh, a, a politi- or a religious leader in a church uh, or a synagogue in her day and uh, in Jesus' day and a woman who was really just nothing. And God heals both the woman with the bleeding disorder and he also raises this man's child. And so God really is impartial in the way he deals with us. And anyone... Anyone who wants to be saved, God is willing to save. Mm. And what are we going to look at next week? We're going to be praying for better connection. Is that God's amazing love can be demonstrated through the way Jesus was patient with people who were slow to learn and the talk is entitled, they were only fishermen. So look forward to speaking again next week and hopefully we'll get right through our program with that. Yeah, hopefully we will. So that's uh, They Were Only Fishermen next week with David Maxwell. We'll uh, look forward to that and we will pray for uh, no dropouts next week and no flooding, hopefully. And, uh, of course, tomorrow we've... uh, Sorry, Monday we've got David Leo with his series Encounters with Jesus 
And his topic on Monday is going to be calm in the storm. Perhaps we uh, needed some yeah, of that we today. We have done David. that today. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there, there we go. We've got to got to deal with the challenges as they come. Anyway, thanks, Jason. We're going to say goodbye now to our listeners, and uh, we do hope and pray that you have a great day wherever you are. And uh, yeah, we just pray that uh, God is with you for the rest of this day. Thanks, Jason. God bless. Thanks, David.